do this. Let's go ahead and get to the message here today. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, so New Testament, Matthew, Mark. We're going to be going to the fifth chapter, and today we're going to be reading verses 25 through 34. As I was speaking this past week uh, in Bakersfield for the midweek service, talking about the presence of God, um, I was reminded of this passage of scripture that we're going to be breaking down here today. And I just felt it was a word um, that really stirred my heart, really challenged me. But I really feel uh, from the Holy Spirit that it's a word that's going to speak to all of us uh, watching here today. So just give me the next maybe 20 to 25 minutes to really break this passage of scripture down and to give you just simply three points to help you um, in what it is that we're talking about. So let's get right to the Bible, see what it has to say, and then we'll see how God wants to speak to us. So Mark chapter 5, starting, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, here we go. It says, Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. Now when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garments. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of this affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? I think they were being a, a little antagonistic or a little sarcastic in this moment here. And verse 32 says, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And then Jesus says this in verse 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Okay, so today if you're taking notes, what I want to do is I want to speak to you from the subject of move closer. Again, move closer. All right, let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name, and everyone said digitally, amen. Or you can pop it right there in the chat. So, all right, so here's the deal. The theme that we're talking about today is we're talking about how we get close to God. Now, I, I think there's a question that I wanna propose at the beginning of this message. And when I say this question, man, you know what? It might come across like it's a little hard, but it's totally not. It comes from a heart of humility, um, sometimes, and even in this moment, and specifically as I felt Lord, the Lord leading me in this moment, it really comes from a, from a place of concern. But he, here's the question, and I, and I want you to take this question um, with, with the heart of just being neutral, but it's this. If there was ever a time in your life where you were closer to God than you are now, God didn't move, you did. Let me, now, let me just kind of rephrase that. And let me kind of point it at myself because that's the question that I felt the Lord kind of helping me wrestle with. If there was ever a time in my life where I was closer to God than I am right now, God didn't move, I did. Now, when I think about that, I have to really begin to assess um, the areas in my life and really ask myself a question. Am I a fully devoted follower 
of Jesus Christ. Now, what, what's, what's weird about the human nature, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's very easy and it's very simple to, to, to focus on the negative, even in the midst of, of, of something being positive. Like you could do something great, but the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, oh, it could have been better. Or someone can give you a compliment, and, and the very first words or the very first thoughts that come into your mind is, oh, if you, if you only knew. How many of you guys know it doesn't take any practice to be a negative person, but it takes a lot of practice to be someone who's positive? So when I read this question, if there was ever a time in your life where you were closer to God than you are right now, and you say no, it is so easy to beat yourself up over that and to begin to list all of the things, okay? Here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to do that. I just want you to kind of answer the question yes or no. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Not a perfect follower, but are you a follower? Are you giving your best? Do you read God's word? Do you pray? Do do you believe that the local church mobilized is the hope of the world? Do you believe that God has gifted you to do certain things to affect people, not only in church, but in the community? Do you believe that God wants to use you in a mighty way. And if you answer yes to that, and I, I think for, for those of, of you watching, and for those of you that I know, I know you love the Lord. I, I, I know you, you love his church. I, I know you believe that the Bible uh, gives the answers for all. I, I know you believe that when we say, if Jesus can't fix your problem, it can't be fixed. I know you believe that. But maybe, just maybe, could it just be that there are some areas in your life that have gone undealt with and it creates this distance between you and God. Have you noticed that when you don't deal with the things that are contrary to God's word, it's very hard to feel like a person of God. And, and, And I get that. The great news about this whole idea, if you don't feel close to God, right now is that there is actually hope that 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 if you don't it's not over and and you still can see the bible says in james chapter 4 verse 8 draw near to god and he will draw near to you now if you've been around here for any length of time you you know that when you read the scripture the very first person to take a step is you And the step is me. But the promise is, is as we make a step towards God, God makes a step towards us. Now, I would even go as far to say that as when we take a step towards God, God double steps towards us. I I think that when we take a step towards God, depending on the situation, God actually comes running after us. We, we, we know this to be true with the story of the prodigal son. As he started to go home, the father saw him from afar off. And what did the father do? He ran to his son. I think that if you would say that you're far from God in this moment, or you, you've allowed the, the things of this world and the way of life and the responsibilities and all those things to draw you away from being close to God, if you would just turn around and take one step, God Almighty will come rushing towards you and you'll move closer to God. And that's the goal of this whole message for all of us because maybe the issues that, that, that we need to deal with actually involve us taking one step and giving it over to him. 
And we're going to get to it here in a little bit on some things that we can do that help us move closer to God. But I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're watching this right now and you're beating yourself up because, man, you would say, ah, I know my relationship with God could be deeper. I know it could be stronger. I know I could be closer. I'm here to tell you today is your day to get closer to God. And all you've got to do, according to James chapter 4, verse 8, is take a step, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. It's such a tremendous, tremendous promise. In the, in the book of Mark, as we read in the fifth chapter, um, it, there's actually a, a thing taking place here. When, when you go to the book of Mark, you actually see that Jesus is actually on his way uh, to raise a dead girl uh, from her deathbed. Uh, a guy comes to Jesus and says, you got to come quick. My daughter, she's dead. And so Jesus is actually making the trip to go and do that. But in the midst of making this trip, he's interrupted by this, this woman who has an issue. She's been sick for 12 years. She has spent all of her money, all of her time, all of her resources trying to do what she can to get healed and matters are getting worse, which is to say in our lives, when we try to fix the issues that we have without Jesus, you will spend more than you have to spend and you will do more than you have to do. But if you just come to Jesus, Jesus fixes it. Jesus works on it. So in this story, she's done all of that. She's done everything that she could. She's broke, but she hears about this guy by the name of Jesus and how he's been going from place to place and people are being healed and signs and wonders are taking place. And she makes this declaration of faith that says, man, if I could just get close to the guy and touch, some translations, as you know, touch the hem of his garment. In our translation, it says close, that, that, that that I'll be healed. So, so right in the middle of this story going on, a supernatural thing begins to take place. So I think there's three truths that I want to share with you here this morning. So I want you to write this down. The first one is simply this. It's what we call the privilege of accessibility. The privilege of accessibility. Okay, now watch. If we could fully comprehend what God has made possible I'm convinced our current troubles would not be such a downer in our lives on a daily basis. Are you watching this today and you've got issues that are weighing you down? Do you have fears and do you have doubts and do you have worries or do you have circumstances that are completely out of your control that are weighing you down? I'm here to tell you because of the privilege of accessibility that Jesus can fix your problem. Listen, there is no one you know or will ever see or encounter in your life anywhere or in any situation that God himself doesn't long to redeem or long to help. It doesn't matter how remote their location, how humble their situation, how weird or messed up their background is, how complex their issues are. Listen, that the, even the people that sometimes, man, they, they get under our skin, God would go to great lengths and God has gone to great lengths to redeem those people. He would go to any length to do so. So friends, if he'll do it for someone else, if he'll do it for this woman in the Bible and countless, countless people in the Bible that God will, will go after, do you believe that God will go after you, that he longs to help you? Listen, this woman, she was neither powerful nor was she, was she influential. She, she had no money. She had spent it all on doctors. The, the issue had become worse. 
I mean, think about this. Because of the custom of the day, because of her sickness, she's not even allowed out of her home. It's against their laws. But, but there's this idea that, I, that, that, that Jesus is coming and he's accessible and I can get to him. You know, when you think about it, it's amazing how accessible God has made himself to those who really desire to reach out to him. He's the God of the universe. He's the Lord of all creation. And yet a simple peasant woman captures his attention. Now, when you think of accessibility, it's really difficult because this world, um, you know, for the average person, um, they, they would say doesn't get to really connect with, with greatness. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Um, if you were to just maybe hop on a plane, safely of course, and show up to Washington, D.C. and attempt to walk up to the front door of the White House to have a conversation with the president, how many of you guys know it's, uh, it's not going to happen? You, you, you as, a, as an average, quote-unquote, average person, I don't mean that demeaning, but you know what I'm getting at. As an average person, we don't have those liberties or that clearance to walk up to a place that's highly guarded to talk and have a conversation with the president of the United States. And there's so many other illustrations that you can throw in there where for us, there's certain places that we can't go because we're not qualified. We don't have the credentials. We have you know, none of those things going on. And, and, and here's the deal. For us as believers though, on a more spiritual level, we have all of the access in the world to get as close to God as we want to. Notice the words of Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Not meekly. Not timid, not shy. No, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Listen, not because we're paying customers, not because we're voting citizens, not because of anything we've done to earn it, but because of God and his mercy and his grace towards us and his son Jesus, God brings us in and says, because of, of who I am and because of my son, you have access to my throne, you have access to everything I've promised, it's yours for the taking, so why don't you just come and come boldly Come boldly to my throne of grace. Find help when you need it. It's what we call the privilege of accessibility. All that God has and that God has promised for you and I is available. And I think that is something that we're celebrating. Matter of fact, right now, if you're on our chat, man, you should just be typing in amen or a heart emoji or the one with your hands lifted up. I mean, listen, that is good news. Because of the privilege of accessibility, I can have all that God says that I could have. Okay, so number two, what's the second truth? This would be the potential of contact. The potential of contact. Now, I, I related to this a minute ago, but because of her issue, um, she, she could have been afraid to be out in that crowd. I, I don't think she went out there boasting, hey, I'm the sick lady for 12 years who spent all I have. Where's Jesus at? I, I, I would think the scene had to be pretty chaotic. As a matter of fact, we know it to be chaotic because Jesus didn't even know like, who touched him and how his power was taken out. And the disciples, kind of in a sarcastic way, are like, what do you mean who touched you? Look at all these people. So I would have to think this is a pretty chaotic scene, which actually to a degree makes it easier for her to hide. But, but she touched the hem of his garment, which would maybe be as far to assume that she was possibly crawling down to stay hidden or out of the sight of someone who might know who she is. I mean, 
this, this is a crazy moment. This would threaten her life and her health, but it, it, it would make her ritually unclean, this issue that she has going on. I mean, she's considered a leper and unclean and undesirable. Society just completely casting her out. So it takes a certain boldness for her to leave her home and mingle with the crowd that day. But she heard, and many had heard, that many had been healed by Jesus. So she goes, and it says in verse 29, she touches Jesus, and immediately her issue was completely healed. And she felt in her body that she had been healed of this affliction. Now, I want you to please get this. I want you to lean in. Please get this about Jesus. This woman was ritually unclean. According to the law, her act of touching Jesus would make him unclean. But that isn't what happened. I want you to get this. When she came in contact with Jesus, her impurity didn't defile him. When she touched Jesus, his purity cleansed her. Let me just say this to you, friends. When you reach out to Jesus, when you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your soul, when when you're battling with doubts and insecurities and fears and not knowing what the future holds and all those things that that aren't for us as as fully devoted followers of Jesus, when you reach out the, 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 the magnitude and the power And the purity and the peace of Jesus is what you get. (laughs) You get it. Think about that for a moment. Everything you'll ever truly need is found in Jesus. She's an outcast. But the moment she touched the robe of Jesus, she's made clean by the power of God. Understand this. No matter what you're going through or what you've done or what your past may say, you're never too unclean to reach out and to contact Jesus. You're never too dirty, never too impure. You're never too messed up. You're never too troubled. If you truly press in and come in connection or contact with Jesus, that which has been made to you unclean, unhealthy, unfit, can be overcome by the purity of who he is. Think about it, the leper, the demon-possessed, the prostitute, the blind, the broken, the sinful, all received his merciful touch in the Gospels and were transformed by it supernaturally. Give me a story in the Bible where someone was hurting or possessed or sick, where Jesus didn't come in and supernaturally change their life forever. The Bible's full of them. Matter of fact, that's why I encourage you, read the New Testament, read the stories of Jesus and understand what he did then, he's still doing today. I don't care what some people might have said that the miracles were, were only for that certain time. No, 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 no. Miracles are still for today. Prayer still works. Faith still matters. Reach out and connect with Jesus and you'll be transformed supernaturally by it. All right, so number one, we have the privilege of accessibility. We, we, we have the potential of contact. But then thirdly, the truth that we see in this story is the purpose beyond the experience. The purpose beyond the experience. The Bible tells us that though she was healed, that's not the end of the story. 
Jesus sensed that the power had gone out of him and he stopped to find out who touched him. The disciples say, you see people crowding against you and yet you ask, who touched me? Look at, look at Mark 5, 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Now listen to me. Why did Jesus insist on doing this? I mean, hadn't this lady been through enough? Why single her out? And here's why. I believe it's because with Jesus, it's all about a personal encounter. Following him means being in relationship with him. That's why Jesus sought this woman out. He wanted to completely restore her. Because when she told him her story, look at what he says in verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, that's a big word right there, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. In other words, this is not just an ordinary or normal dismissal. It's a word of complete restoration. He calls her daughter, reminding her that she's a child of God and is chosen. He reminds her that it is her faith which brought about this miracle into her life. And this is significant. It's significant because when Jesus is no longer walking through the streets of her city, that she still had a connection to the, to, to the power in her life. And it came because of her faith, but it came because of him. Now listen, I want you to listen very close as we close. What was true for her then, as I said earlier, is true for us today. For us today, if we simply say, I need to move closer to Jesus, then you can do that because of the privilege of accessibility because of the potential of connection or contact, and because there's purpose beyond. So challenged when, when reading the story because there are so many times where we can be so hard on ourselves and feel like because of our sin that there's distance between, between God and us. You know, it says in the book of Psalms, as we read at midweek on Wednesday, that there's not a place you can go that God's presence won't be with you. God's longing and God's desire is to always be with you, to walk with you, to help you. I'm telling you, God's for you. God is for you more than your mind could ever comprehend. So why try to understand it? And why not just accept it? And why not just believe in it? Friends, let me ask you a question. What is it that you're holding on to today that is keeping you from being whole? Maybe for some of you, what are you holding on to that is keeping you from experiencing the presence of God in a way that you never have before? You know, we, we throw a word out there, you know, quite a bit, and the word's called secret sin, and man, it sounds so dirty, and it sounds so lame, and you know, sin is dirty and sin is lame and it's the, the fruit of its death. But man, are there some areas in your life where it's just gone unchecked? It's gone undealt with. Like this, this lady, she's sick for 12 years. I mean, imagine the, the thoughts going through her mind, the, the thoughts of feeling unworthy and the thoughts of rejection, the, the thought of, man, I, I hope this, this pill works or this antidote works or this medicine kicks in. And maybe, maybe just a couple of times 
there was temporary, like, oh, but then all of a sudden it came back. I mean, imagine everything she's feeling. I think for a lot of us, that, that's how it is with us too. When there's issues in our lives that just don't seem to go away, we really do have to ask ourselves, is there something that I'm not doing? And most of the time, and this is pretty straightforward, most of the time, the issues that you've been dealing with that you know are contrary to God's word or God's best for your life, the issue is, is you're not willing to actually address it in a way that causes it to go. So the first step, obviously, would be, man, you, you have to, to give it to Jesus. As we know, if it's sin, we have to ask for forgiveness of sin. But maybe, just maybe, maybe, there's another step that, that needs to take place. See, so you, you finding freedom comes in the, it, listen, you finding freedom from sin only comes through the price that Jesus paid on that cross. His death, his burial, his resurrection. Your, your forgiveness of sins, that's where it stops. It's only in that. It's not in your good works. It's in believing that, okay, God, you sent your son. He died. You rose him from the dead. He's alive today. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. I am forgiven. But after that point, with the things that are tripping us up that cause distance, maybe, just maybe, we need to develop a daily discipline of reading God's word and really praying and sticking to it. Maybe, just maybe, we need to get into a group. Our groups, our groups are getting ready to launch in September. Maybe for some of you, maybe you're a, you're a guy watching this, and I'll speak right to the guys, and you've got things going on in your life, and, you, and it's easy to hide out, and it's easy to camouflage in church. You know what? Maybe, just maybe, it's time for you to get in our men's group. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you to get your, 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 your mind and your heart into God's word, into books, and to grow as a man of God, to be the best husband, the best father, or the best person that you could be if, if you're single, the best version of you. Maybe it's time to go beyond just church service on Sunday and to get into a group. And you can do that. We can help. And it's the same with, with our ladies. Maybe, just maybe, it's time to get on a team. You can join the outreach team and get around a group of people that are serving the needs of people in our community. We're going to talk about that in our announcements. But maybe, just maybe, it's time to go above and beyond what you've tried to do and get deeper and move closer to the things of God to help you overcome the areas and the issues that you're facing. Maybe. It's time to let go of the things in your life that don't push you towards God. Maybe it's relationships or toxic friendships of, of those that don't serve God. Now, I'm not saying you have to disown them, but if you find yourself doing things you wouldn't normally do, maybe it's time to put that friendship on hold and to surround yourself with those who will push you closer to Jesus to get you strong so that you could be the influencer that you're supposed to be the person full of character that you need to be. Listen, if we're going to help change the world, then God has asked us to be salt and light in our world. There is a personal responsibility for us. But for some of us, we got to get built up, and that could happen. you got to move closer to the things of God. Maybe it's time to grab a fellow believer and just ask for 100% accountability for them just to keep up with you.